Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator Podcast, an on-the-go source for unique jewelry and arriving trends to stay ahead of the fashion curve. You'll hear what inspires the jewelers and designers I feature to create outside the jewelry box. As a graduate gemologist and your host, I'll guide you with insider tips on how to shop for, design, and care for your jewelry with confidence. To keep updated on weekly jewelry discoveries, subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator passport at jewelrynavigator.com. You can find show notes and weekly features here as well, and find daily departures for jewelry inspiration on Instagram and Facebook at Jewelry Navigator. Thank you so much for joining me and enjoy the episode. Where would you find a dragonfly carrying opals on its wings or mermaids guarding labradorite? In the jewelry of Wade and Willow Handforged Jewelry. Hey there, welcome aboard. This is episode number 17 of the Jewelry Navigator podcast. And today I'm sharing the story of jewelry artist Kiara Bonner who uses a multitude of artistic talents to create Wade and Willow handforged jewelry. In between being a wife, mother of a toddler, part-time model, rock and gem hound, designer and metalsmith, Kiara creates jewelry with stones she often sources herself with her family in the California desert. Her jewelry is an eclectic combination that merges nature and classic design to create one-of-a-kind statement jewelry she creates through lost wax methods. Kiara is lovely with a sincere connection between the jewelry she creates for the people who love to wear it. Raised in a musical and creative family, Kiara shares how she navigates family, fashion modeling, and time to pursue her her passions of gem collecting and jewelry creation. Thanks for joining me today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. If anyone is interested in rocks and gems, I bet you that your town has some sort of rock or gem mineral club. And if you're interested in even just going out for a weekend trip, if you contact them, everyone in the rock community is very, very nice, and they're very willing to help other generations and other people find that love for rocks as well. So if anyone wants to do a weekend trip, just ask your local rock club and they'll really help you find something local for all ages even to be able to go out and explore and find something cool to bring home. Now, you're a lapidary yourself, right? You've um, polished and cut your own stones? I do. I do. My husband is more of the... um, he cuts and polishes stone. So I, I am the metalsmith. So I create and um, hand forge all of the jewelry myself. Mm-hmm. And my husband cuts and polishes stone. So a lot of the times we try to do collaborations. That Wade and Willow Stones is just starting. So we are hoping that in the near future that we can start doing more collaborations together. Um, so then you can really see the process of us going out and collecting the stones bringing them home, cutting them, polishing, and then being able to also see the steps of them placing them in a piece of jewelry. So that's, mm. that's kind of our plan that we're working on right now of just kind of setting up the stone portion and then being able to add it in with mine as well. That's really exciting. I did see that you did have that um, 
that association, the Wade and Willow Stone. So I, I look forward to seeing that grow. I love seeing your gemstones. And there was something recently that you posted. I loved watching you find that um, that source, that vein of jasper. And oh, yeah. That to, was... Yeah, <laughs> that was so neat. So for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, if you go on to Kiara's feed on Instagram, Wade and Willow, she has a little um, video where she discovered a big vein of quartz crystal and jasper. And she has this really cool trick, and I forgot about it. <laughs> As a geologist, you pour water over it so you can see what the crystals, see what the, see what the rock looks like. But it's, it was really fun to see you discover all of that. Yeah, it was, those trips are always a blast. We, um, we recently discovered that area. It's in the Katy Mountains in the Mojave Desert in Southern California. And once you get off the freeway and you find the dirt road, it's about, I would say, a 30-mile trip down this rugged dirt road that you definitely need four-wheel drive for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's completely desolate, but it's, it's amazing. I mean, the views are just incredible. But usually on our trips, we leave at around 2 a.m. And it allows us to get there right when the sun gets up because it gets so hot. When it reaches about, I'd say, like 1030, Mm -hmm. it starts to get pretty unbearable. So we try to make it out there right when the sun comes up. So then we're starting on our hike. And usually what happens is we know that we can find or we've heard that there's a source in that specific area for, uh, in that location was the top grade jasper and moss agate. So we know the kind of the general location. So we pack up our backpacks and kind of hike in a direction that we feel like we want to kind of explore. So usually it's my dad, my husband, and I um, for this type of trip. Most of the time we bring our son on other trips as well. But for this, this trip, it's just my dad, husband, and I. And we usually do around a five-mile hike, um, just searching along the way, trying to look for veins um, of quartz. It also has a lot of quartz in that area as well, really nice druzy crystals. Um, and on this occasion, we found that huge vein of jasper. My husband came across it, and it was just, I mean, if you could pour water on the side in that video of just that vein, you would just see the reds and yellows just come out like crazy. It was gorgeous. Um, and we just load up our backpacks and until we can't carry anymore. We usually we have probably over 50 pounds of, of rocks in our backpacks. We try to be really picky mm-hmm. on the pieces that we pick up, but sometimes you find a vein that's just amazing and you can't, you know, you can't not bring it back home because you hiked all that way. So bringing it back is it's sometimes a little bit of trouble, but we, we tend to make it. We usually get back to the truck around like 10, 1030, and that's when it starts to be like, huh, like let's take our shoes off and get some more water and try to rehydrate again. Yeah, I love seeing your little boy. <laughs> He's adorable. What's his name? His name is Wade. Okay. So he, Wade and Willow kind of sprouted because of him being born. So he kind of has a special place with Wade and Willow. 
Yeah. So where does Willow come from? Willow, hopefully we're, we're planning on having one more in the future. And I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a boy or a girl, but if it is a girl for some reason, her name's going to be Willow. And um, if not, then <laughs> then we'll we'll fit the boy name in in somewhere. <laughs> but um, oh, that's cool. But that's that's our plan for for future. Not it's not going to be for hopefully we'll we'll see in a couple years. But um, that's that's our plan so far. Okay, I'm trying to be able to post more about myself and have people get to know me as a person, not just my jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want people to, you know, know who I am and, and how special and important the connections that I make with everyone really truly mean to me. Because if it wasn't for people like you, um, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now. And, and it really allows me to be able to stay home with my son and still be a stay-at-home mom, and still be able to provide and still pursue my passion. So it's really, really special, and I, I'm really excited to see where it goes, and I hope that it can continue to go, and it's with people like you that will really help make that, make that dream come true. Oh, that's great. And this, so many, um, couple of things that you just said, I want to bring full circle, especially, especially with your, your interests turning into basically a custom made career. And I want you to tell everybody what else you do in just a minute and how that kind of comes full circle too. But, um, how this does allow you to stay home and do what's most important to be there for your son and your family and still be doing what you're passionate about and also relay the message to people that this is what jewelry does. It lets you show people how much they mean to you, like the to the moon piece that you made. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. And that ties in perfectly to what you just said, how it makes connections to the people we love the most. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every piece of jewelry that I make, especially custom pieces, because with custom pieces, hearing each story that comes to me of why they want it created or why they chose that specific stone or there's just so many stories behind each piece. It just, it's, it's really beautiful. And, and being able to talk to the people and connect to to my clients is just, it's a really special experience because I'm creating something that I know is going to be cherished and that I know that's going to be passed down to generation to generation to come. And I just think that that is just so special to me. And, and each piece really has a deep meaning behind it, whether it's one of the rings that I did was called a mother's love. And it was, she really wanted an opal because that was her firstborn son, first stone. Mm-hmm. And I had the perfect opal in mind for her. It was a lightning ridge opal that had these beautiful blues and purples that just shined when it hit the sun. It was just gorgeous. And I showed her and she's like, yes, that's, that's a stone. And we went over design. She, with, with my designs and custom pieces, um, I really like to have, creative freedom 
Um, mm-hmm. So I really don't like to mimic or copy anyone else's designs. Um, so that's really important to me. So if someone has a vision of wanting like a floral feel or an art deco feel, or if they saw one of my other pieces that they had, you know, just a, a vibe to the piece, then I, I like to then take that and create my own vision and being able to have the trust with the client that I'm going to make it the best piece that I can make it for them. And that all of my love and energy is going into that and really wanting to try to create something that's special and meaningful. So when they get, so when they open their package, they really, they can really feel that a lot of love went into it. When you work with someone one-on-one with a custom piece, do they give you an idea of what they want or do you talk with them and kind of get a feel for what their style is and what basically, I guess, kind of the unspoken message that that they want the jewelry to tell? Usually I, I just start off with just wanting to get a general idea of what they have in their mind because sometimes with custom pieces it can be hard if, if someone has a specific image or if they draw something out and they say, I want it to be just like this. It's, it's one of those things. I, I really like to have that connection with the client of really making it more of a team effort of collaborating with, you know, having their ideas, but also my ideas come into it as well. Cause that's, if, if you're hiring me or you want me to do a custom piece because you trust my creative direction or if you like my style or my input as an artist. So I think it really comes with having the trust between me and the, and the client. I'm looking at that ring right now on your feet. It's beautiful. The mother's... Oh, the opal ring? Yes. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's, it's really pretty. Stone choice is, is really very, very important to me. And that's something that I, I really touch base in the beginning with when I talk to clients about custom pieces because really creating a piece really depends on what stone that you choose and the direction that the piece is going to go. Because usually when I create one of my own pieces, I sit at my, my table and I pull out all of my stones in my collection and I kind of look at all of them, pick them up and see which one I want to go with or which one I feel at that time really speaks to me of, of wanting to create with. And I think that showing, when I show stones for custom pieces, it's kind of, it makes it that much more special for the client to be able to kind of see all of their options and maybe see a stone that they've never heard of before and be able to learn a little bit more about it and have options that they never knew even existed or Mm -hmm. even knew that they could have. So um, I think that's kind of a cool experience during the custom piece process of being able to talk back and forth about what stone that they would want to choose. Right. Yeah, that's that's so important to me to be able to educate people on materials and gems that they might not know about that would be a better fit for what they're looking for and that you're able to do that and that they trust your direction. That's so important as, you know, to build basically trust and they know that they're going to get exactly what they want from you. Yeah, it really, I... I really love doing custom pieces because I feel like it really gives me a chance to connect with with my clients and, and the people that are following me and supporting me and really getting to know know the people that 
you know, are commenting and it, it's, I've actually made a few friends that way of just doing it. They've, I've done a few custom pieces for them or talking back and forth and hearing their stories. And it's just, it's really neat seeing all the connections that we can, that we can make. Yeah, it really is. I've seen insects on some of your posts. Do you, do you create things directly from them? So with all of my jewelry, I do a lost wax technique. So basically it is my designs are carved out of wax or molded out of wax. And then um, it is then placed in plaster and then placed, it has to sit overnight and then it's placed in the kiln to then burn out the wax. And then there's a mold of the creation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I can cast it with whatever metal that I'm using at that time, either brass silver, gold, rose gold. Um, So that's kind of that process. And doing the insects is a very similar way. Instead of using a wax creation, um, I use the actual insect. And the insects that I use are all humanely collected. um, Mm -hmm. That's very important to me. Um, So I set it up just like I would do a wax piece. And it would have the same burnout technique as well as casting. And it's amazing how much detail that the mold can actually capture. And the insect pieces are some of my favorite. And I really hope that I can, um, I'm really planning on making a few more collections in the future. I've just started focusing on more collections and just individual pieces. I'm hoping to do another um, insect collection and really being able to show the process of, of doing my lost wax casting techniques as well. Mm-hmm. They really are magnificent. I'm looking at one that you posted. It's been a while. I think it was last July. It's the cicada. And you're right. You can see the wings, the details on the wings. Um, it's beautiful. Thank you. I really love the, the bug ones a lot. Mm-hmm. I really want to start doing more of those because I, I always loved collecting insects and things when I was younger. So um, <laughs> it, I really love those pieces. They are. They're really, really unique. What are some of your favorite pieces that you've made besides the insects? Oh, that's that's a hard one. I bet. That <laughs> would be really hard. So special. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, my fire agate pieces, I have um, recently I posted about the two fire agate rings that I I just made out of 14 karat gold. Um, those are very special to me because Fire agate was really the first stone that really sparked that passion for rock collecting and gems for me. Um, I had a little rock box when I was younger. It's actually the same um, vintage-looking box that I have in my work area. You might see in some of the pictures that I have. It's wooden. Um, But that was my rock box when I was younger. And I would put all my little stones that I would get, you know, from our trips or from the rock club and, I remember one day my dad gave me a piece of fire agate and I never saw anything like that before in my life. I thought it was the coolest thing because it looked kind of like a frog, like it had bubbles and it was green. And I just thought it was so amazing that, you know, mother earth could create something so weird and different, but beautiful and all the color changing. And I think that's what really sparked my interest of, of what other things the earth could create and like 
wow, I could actually find that. Like I can go out and, and search for something like that and bring it home and polish it and make it look like that. Wow. Like that's, that's so special. I like how you reserve your stones. You just don't randomly create something for the sake of um, stocking up on jewelry. I think that's what makes your jewelry even more unique because you do specifically select stones for the the person and for the artwork and for the piece. Um, that's really cool that you do that. It makes it even more unique. Thank you. I, I really, I think it's really cool that I'm able to be able to have both of my passions kind of combine um, and also knowing the knowledge of, you know, where the piece came from, um, where it was sourced, where it was, you know, mined, what grade it is. Um, I think all of those things are very important. Every year we go to the Tucson Rock and Gem Show, and Wade had such a good time last year because he was start, just starting to really um, start to communicate and, and talk. So, you know, he would see a big crystal be like, whoa, like, that is the <laughs> coolest thing. And, and just being able to see the, the life in his eyes of, of seeing something so amazing and big for the first time, it just, it's so special to me to be able to include him um, with everything that we do as well, because I think that that's really important, especially as, you know, a family run business, um, having him be involved in a part of our adventures and uh, memories, I think is what makes everything so special. Right. And what's really cool is that like your dad did for you, he got you interested and taught you the beginnings of rocks and gems and minerals. And you're carrying on that legacy by taking your son with you as you work, but it's not work because it is so much fun. And I've read a little bit of your bio with um, your dad's background, which is fascinating. Yeah, he all growing up, he... He was always into rocks and gems. As, as a, young, a young boy, he always used to tell me stories, too, growing up of him adventuring out on the weekends, trying to find rocks and, you know, riding his bike to the local rock shop and getting crystals. And um, he was always fascinated with the adventure of everything. So he started at a young age as well, jewelry making in his garage. And um, my mom and him actually had a jewelry business when they first got married called TV Museum. And he would make sterling silver rings mainly with opals. And they were beautiful, beautiful pieces. Um, so it was kind of fun all growing up. When I was born, um, it kind of, ever since from a really young age, we would go on adventures. So every family trip would be to a new rock-hounding spot or camping site that we could you know, hike to a hot springs or find fossils or shark's teeth or so it, it was just, it was always a blast growing up. And most of my childhood memories are of our adventures together as a family. So after I graduated high school, I was, I was involved personally with music and um, a lot of other, it's actually mainly music. Um, I played the French horn as well. So I was in a couple orchestras, but anyway, sorry, I was off, off subject. Um, after graduating high school, 
I kind of really got back into my passions for rocks and going on a, a little weekend adventures. And I kind of got that spark back in my life of realizing that this is something I really love and I really do have a passion. And slowly learning from my dad um, all the techniques. Luckily, he still had a lot of his equipment um, from when he was younger. Even the, the kiln that I used is something that he had when he was eight years old. Mm. So a lot of the equipment I use is still the same thing that he used back when he was younger, which I think is really special. Um, but he has really taken the time and patience with me to, to teach me all the things that he knows and all the things that he's learned throughout the years, as well as his knowledge for rocks and crystals and gems. When I was around eight, um, I was in a rock and gem club with him, and I was, everyone in the club was probably 40 and, and older, so I was mm-hmm. this eight-year-old in this club, and I, I just had a blast. Okay, so tell us the other job that you have on the side, because you model. I'd love to hear more about that and how you kind of make that work for your jewelry, because I think I saw recently one of your posts and you were wearing one of your necklaces and it looks gorgeous. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, before I had my son, I was really involved in the plus size community. Um, I, was, I would do a lot of modeling for Torrid. Um, I was in a few campaigns with them and just be really being involved in the community and body positivity and, and just spreading the, you know, the confidence in having people know their self-worth and helping lift people up. I was, that's what I was really, really passionate about. And after having my son, um, I kind of had to stop modeling just for a bit and, you know, focused on being a mother and, and raising him. And um, luckily the past couple of years I've, or past, probably a year and a half, I've really been able to, to get back into it and uh, be able to also then bring my jewelry in it as well with a lot of photo shoots. Luckily, I've um, been able to make a lot of connections throughout the years with other creative artists, such as photographers or florists. So coming together and creating a concept shoot together using my jewelry and having so many talented people work together is really, really cool. And um, actually, yesterday, um, I did a photo shoot with Eleven Honore, and it's a high-end plus-size clothing line. Um, and they they dress people like Rebel Wilson and Oprah. Um, actually, Rebel Wilson just wore one of their dresses on the cover of Vogue Paris. Mm-hmm. So it was it's a pretty big deal, and. Um, my sister actually, it's funny, it kind of goes full circle. My sister was modeling for them yesterday um, because she, my sister's a singer-songwriter and she's actually, and this is separate from my rock stuff, but um, it kind of involves everything because um, her song was just picked up as the NBA 2018 finals song, the official song for the NBA finals. So it's, that's been a really exciting time Um so she's been doing a lot of interviews and flying to New York and she was interviewed by Billboard and USA Today and that was really exciting and luckily Wade and Willow has been actually we were featured in Billboard magazine. I um recently posted about that as well. 
it was kind of neat because my sister's a really big fan of my work and um, it was really special because I've gifted her a few pieces for Christmas and birthdays and um, she wore a few, few on her photo shoot and that was one of the pictures that was chosen to be placed in Billboard magazine. I love how you're, you're able to roll that legacy on with your own, with your own family and your own son. Well, thank you. I, it's, it's really an exciting time because our, what we're trying to do right now is we're planning a few trips um, for rock collecting and we're, we're really going to try to capture more of the experience um, and mm. include Wade as well um, so that everyone can really see what's involved and, and be able to kind of come along with us on the journey and also learn along the way if, if they ever wanted to find a spot now, you know, now they know another area that they might, you might be able to go and search yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we're planning right now and doing a few, few more trips together as a family of collecting and, and having some exploring together. So when you say, when you say we, you're talking about you and your husband um, working together. Does, do you do this uh, full time or does he work out of the house and work part time with Wade and Willow? Well, my husband is in the special effects industry as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So he, he now works freelance kind of for different, different shops. Um, So usually at least what, what, what our day consists of is I wake up super early <laughs> and while, while Wade is still asleep and I can have my baby monitor um, and if Corbin's at work, I can still watch and make sure that he's still asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm able to work in the mornings. And then also if he goes down for a nap, usually I work whenever I'm able to. So that's, that's mainly what it is. And when he gets home, if when Corbin gets home, then then we usually switch off and he's, He's just, he's an amazing husband. He really, truly is. And he's an amazing father. And I think that's the number one key of me being able to do what I do as well, because he is very supportive and he always wants to make sure that I have the time to be able to pursue my dream because he really believes in me. And he, and we both really want to make this into something now that we can turn into something bigger than what we even intended. So that's, that's hopefully our plan and we're both just, you know, moving forward and, and trying to make that happen. But having the support of him is amazing because even on the days that he does work, he still tries to make sure that I have time to work and we just make sure to switch off of watching. And then we make sure to have our days that are just family days. And luckily with social media, the way it is, I'm still able to, you know, be a mom and still take care of business at the same time and be able to juggle it um, pretty easily as long as I'm, you know, <laughs> wake up and, and get going on time. Especially as a woman, it's important to have, you know, you time. And I think with jewelry making, it really has turned into being able to take care of myself and my mind and my well-being of being able to be creative still and have the time for that. And it is really important for us as women and as moms to make sure that we still find that time for us because it's really important. It doesn't mean that even if you take that little bit of time for yourself, that you're not a good mom. 
it just means that you're you're a good mom and you're taking time for yourself and you deserve it. <laughs> right. So I think for all of us, it, it is really important if you do have something that that you want to achieve and that you want to do that you can do it. And it might be a little bit of juggling or moving things back and forth um, and having life be a little bit more spontaneous, but um, there's, there's a way to be able to do it. That's great advice and a great outlook too, because my next question was, um, and you may have answered this question, what advice would you share with anyone wanting to pursue what they love, especially if someone was interested in going into designing and creating jewelry? What kind of advice would you share with other moms and women and even guys who want to um, branch out and maybe do something like this? I would just say just start and you don't have to do it like for four hours every day. Like if, even if you can take 10 minutes to at least be able to start on that journey and start on that road of whatever you want to accomplish or whatever you want to pursue, I think that that's the most important thing is just even doing it a little bit every day will make your heart and your soul feel happier. And and being able to take that time, I think, is important for all of us. Just like I was saying before, it's we all we all need that. And trying to pursue your dream and still try to, you know, live a life and provide money and be a mom. And I know there's a lot a lot to it, but just doing it a little bit at a time and making sure that you do give yourself that time every day. That's, I think, what will help, you know, move things forward. And what I've learned is every opportunity that comes to you, whether it's a class or even if you have some sort of interest, just just try to do it because you never know what will come from it. Well, thank you so much, Kiara. Um, I really enjoyed getting to learn more about you. So your website, Wade and Willow Jewelry, that's where they can find you, right? Yeah, my Instagram is Wade and Willow Jewelry. Um, and then I do have a website that's um, wadeandwillow.com. And that is my um, official website if they want to look that up. And okay. if anyone is interested in, in following the Stone page as well, um, that is Wade and Willow Stone. Okay. All right. Good. Um, like I said, I look forward to seeing you grow and love your jewelry. I can't wait to share more about this and your story on the podcast. Thank you so much. And I am so happy that you reached out to me and, and had me on. And it was wonderful actually being able to talk to you on the phone. <laughs> I so appreciate Kiara taking the time from her busy schedule to visit with us. And I loved hearing how Kiara's father instilled a love of rock and gem collecting and provided the tools to teach her the skills to take a gem from its raw state and reveal its potential as jewelry. More women are finding their creative paths as metalsmiths, jewelry designers, and fabricators. I especially enjoy sharing stories like hers to inspire others to follow their creative callings. To hear more stories of jewelry and the artists who create it, subscribe to the podcast and please feel free to leave a review in iTunes or whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. I would really appreciate it. 
Join me next time for more jewelry journeys. And until then, cross-check your sparkle and put your jewelry on first before assisting others with theirs. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye.